on this episode of My Adventure in Space and Time. in space and time, a modern Whovian's journey through classic Who. I'm Shona, I'm that Whovian, and I'm going to take us back to my conversation with Caroline about the missing story Marco Polo. Episode 5, yes. Rider from Shang 2. I wrote all the titles down, I don't know why. Oh, I I normally say them, and I guess I'm out of practice. I just forgot. I was wondering when I was going to be caught out. Got you back. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Rider... They titled this episode as the rider. I know he brings a message, but it's not not that pivotal in the episode, is he? No, I don't even remember Other him. <laughs> we actually head off to finally get to see Kubla Khan. Who's this bamboo Chesterton? This, but the thing that I most remember is, unfortunately, because honestly, I hadn't really been noticing. I guess because it's just like we said earlier, it's just stills. So the blatant white actors playing Asian characters. I have written literally that sentence. Yeah. It was um, you know, I was I was obviously aware of it, but it wasn't actually that distracting because you didn't see it. And and when they just had when they didn't try to put on an accent, it was you know, they just spoke in their whatever radar trained <laughs> RB accent. What was going on with the the accents? But then some of them have get... already been dodgy because even you know your actors who at least looked Asian obviously weren't you know particularly heavily accented because you're sort of even Tigana like yeah. you know his I'm still struggling to place his accent in it. Oh, I thought he was just sort of RP like I thought he was just yeah. sort of posh English, which I thought honestly I was like, listen guys, just go with that. I think, like, well, yeah, I was just a way to say, I think I'd prefer that than them putting on like a cod Asian accent because if you've not but, got one. But then you got Wang Lo in this. What, what on earth is he about? I've just written right, my exact terminology because to start off, we didn't have his name. I've then put it in brackets afterwards. But I've just got this guy in the white city sounds like Biggins for fuck's sake. What is he? His accent is more full Indian than anything. Like what? What is going oh. on? <laughs> it's just awful. Bloody wonderful, but it's dreadful at the same time. What uh, is? He? It was absolutely yeah. no part of the con- like of any country that has an accent. No, and also it's coming out of this guy. It's so good. Also, desperately trying to make the most of his screen time. It is pantomime <gasps> villain. It is again. It's my over actors thing. I'm gonna keep coming back to them every classic episode. There is one, at least one of just like, well, I'm here, and you know, I'm not doing panto until Christmas, so let's just yeah. use it now. What are you doing? Stop! It was like racist, but also so incompetent that. But I don't know which race he's offended. <laughs> <laughs> Like all of them and none of them simultaneously. It's just oh my god! It's just so bad. 
isn't it? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Oh, foreign biggins, man. What is going on? There were a few things in this episode where I was like, this is a crying shame. Even though, right, I know everything I just said. I'm really glad that I didn't get to see Wang Lo's visual because I can only imagine it would have been offensive. <laughs> and I didn't want, stills, I don't need it. Not enough because as far as I'm concerned from the stills, it is a blatantly white man and they've just put a Fu Manchu moustache on him <laughs> and then let him go. Like, Ooh, off you go, your name's Wang Lo, enjoy. Um, but <laughs> Where am were... I from? Doesn't matter, mate. Just, just go with it. Doesn't matter, mate. I don't know. The East. Um, but there were a few bits in it where I was like, it's a crying shame that I, I don't have a visual on this. One bit was the monkey. The little <laughs> monkey. Yeah. Oh. oh, they had a monkey in this, did they? And also, there's a bit... <laughs> there's... Oh, my God. There's... there's a bit where Ian has to pretend to be drunk to distract a guard. Oh, I, it. I am furious I didn't get to see Ian's drunk it's, acting. Yeah, it was a great loss. A great loss to us. I'm so upset about it. Oh, so, there's there's just... quite a lot of good sassy moments in this. Again, I'd love to have seen expressions and stuff for as well. Like I say, like drunk Ian's in there. But there's um, them having a go at the beginning when they're all exchanging swords. So, you know, when they've been told... so. For the context of the episode, they think they're about to be ambushed. This is now the bit you were talking about earlier. Yeah. When they think they're about to be ambushed by more bandits and they think they've been set up and they team up with Marco Polo to try and defend themselves and they've basically got a handful of swords and not a lot else. And they <laughs> hand one out to the doctor. Naturally, he's like, mm -mm, we don't do swords over here. And then somebody says to him, and again, I think it's Tigana says to him, if you're half as sharp with that as you are with your tongue, then we'll be fine. And you're like, oh, Whoa, okay, Tigana. Tagana's quite a smooth talker, which is why he is. I think he, yeah, he does very well, doesn't he? He's a smooth talker. Back with her talking about it being an overgrown bread knife. He throws it back at him like, no. I don't remember so this. I think a lot of like, I think a lot of things went over my head because. Or... Bits I pick up on rather than like decent plot lines are the little silly bits. And it is, he refers to one of them, he, he flings it back at them, you know, doctor being doctor. We don't do weapons over here. And hands it back and tells him to take his overgrown bread knife. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> also, is this not the same uh, bit where Ian's, they're like, can you use this Ian? And Ian's like, I don't know, but I'm sure I'll learn. And you're like, all right. <laughs> Ian is such a git, but I do love him because he is like outrageous. Yeah. He's, he's, he's like... sort of equally patronising to everybody, so it's fine. He's, he's like... not picking on anybody in particular. <laughs> he is the Riker of classic <laughs> he so is yeah he, yeah he's just you know a he's weirdo not laid nearly as much as Riker did though <laughs> no Riker just got laid every episode of the dirty bastard he occasionally gets a cuddle from Barbara if he's lucky I mean yeah yeah and even then Barbara gets more action than him she snogs a thal in the Daleks she does yeah I mean, yeah a big snog Ian gets now as far as Not I know. I don't like have a lot more on this episode other than Tagana oh. just always shows up when he needs to eavesdrop on something, He's doesn't he? A lot, isn't he? He does a lot of lurking, does our Tagana. Like pre-battle, and again, this is one of these bits that like, maybe slightly gets lost in translation. But before they kind of then settle down to this 
battle slash defensive maneuvers and then end up with the clever bamboo idea from Ian. Mm. Does he go in and wake up the doctor? Is he having yet another danger nap? Because I'm sure there's a bit where it sounds like he's saying doctor wake up and I'm going, oh for God's sake, the man's never off his backside. Oh, like he'd fallen down and or no, like I he'd collapsed. He no, I don't think so. I think he's just having a nap. Oh, Jesus. I don't remember. <laughs> there's um, so much I don't remember. I think by this point, certainly what I was finding, and I don't know, I mean, obviously that's kind of the way the whole series goes, but I think when I'm comparing sort of old Who to new Who is that each of these episodes has lots of little mini stories within them rather than like an arcing storyline. And I think it's only beginning to dawn on me now that the frustration that I seem to get out of them is like, I forgot it and I keep getting annoyed at like this sort of dead end oh, that didn't come to anything. You know, like Barbara was, you know, captured in the cave earlier and then it was like, ah, oh, and then she's fine. And I'm going, oh, for God's sake, it's, you know, it now it's mm. one big story arc. Yeah, and they were weak. Yeah. Under the rainbow of Marco Polo. Yeah, whereas, like, if we, you know, it's so different watching it within the context of I've got the other episode lined up. Yeah. Ready to go, Yeah. Yeah, and then again, right at the end though, I get the frustration again. I think this might have been the point that I texted you. Fucking Susan, my actual note was Susan just shitting on everything again. Like, Excuse had me. the key back, Pincho had sorted your life out, and then she's like, hey, my mate, see back, my pal. And they've got caught again and held it up. Nob, just oh. when she handed you the key, that should have been, thank you for your help. Goodbye. No, we're dragging it out. But yeah, yeah, the problem is like again, the the stakes aren't important enough because they they don't have anything else going on apart from they need to get to the Targus. So it's just like all they were all in it except Susan. She was right there, and then she's like, "Oh wait, they bite my file." Well, well, exactly. That's the thing because they've only got they've still got two episodes left. So they're like, "Oh well, we need to we need to trip this up again." And all they can do is find an excuse for Susan to leave. It's so there's yeah. Like there's not anything else important enough going on. It's no, yeah, they, I think it's the problem. I feel like they needed another vessel, yeah, for their cliffhanger for that one because their cliffhanger was literally like Susan's gone to say goodbye to her friend and delayed us a little. Yeah, it's so stupid. Yeah, give me something. Yeah, and that's just frustrating. It's not like and as I oh, say, it just makes me more annoyed at bloody Susan again. Yeah, and it shouldn't have done. It's it's just not a very satisfying way for the plot to change, is it? It makes you go like, what, like. Why would that happen? Like, yeah, um, it just makes you question it, which takes you out of it, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It just, I was more annoyed by it than anything else. Yeah, exactly. Before yeah. we jump on, mm. a stupid observation for those of us that are childish. Your rogue trader lads with the monkey. Aye. Right? Classic villain. They've gone, we'll put an eye patch on him. Oh, yeah, that means he's bad. Yeah. <laughs> Does he? Maybe like hinting towards the sort of Madame Kaverian era of eye patches. <laughs> oh, Does he not look like the thing out of Ice Age? Or is that just me? Wait, who out of Ice Age? There's a little thing in Ice Age. It's not, I can't remember what it's called. I feel like his name is Scrat. <laughs> no, that's the little squirrel. No, 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 no. Hey, who are you talking about? Sloth? No. Sloth? <laughs> no, there's a. A, t- a saber tooth tiger? Right, there's another thing. What? <laughs> what's it called is it called buck i've just googled it it's called buck i swear to god who's buck oh my god i that must be in one of the sequels i've never seen that yeah it's definitely is it out in the third one maybe 
maybe you need to you need to get these images side by side it just is if you put a monkey on that it's the same creature oh my god he's got a little sword he's so cute right. what is he meant to be what animal is he meant to be oh, he's nose. <laughs> i don't really remember how episode six starts but i remember this is kind of the one where they get to the emperor and they meet the emperor and everything yes yeah so after the rider from shang Tu had arrived mm. and told them that they've been summoned um well marco polo has been summoned and he's taken the entourage with him oh yeah um again a wee bit of the sort of anticlimax with the key of like oh well, doctor's just gonna hand it back do you know, it was that way after Susan's kind of done the, the thing at the end of the last episode and the doctor comes out and then I thought, oh, he's going to put up a fight and he's going to reason with them as to why he can keep his key and they can trust him. And he's just he like, can't do go. anything. He's just a wee old man at this point, kind of. like. I know he is, but you know, like he, he's clever and I feel like you're going, he could have reasoned or there could have been better dialogue around that. Do you know what yeah. I mean? He just sort of gives up and goes, yeah, okay, have it back. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It's just too simple a uh, an obstacle. It was what, another one of those cliffhangers that's only there to be resolved within the first minute of the next yeah. episode. Yeah. yeah, just a bit disappointing. Yeah. Um, however, on a positive note, we're back at Barbara kicking ass again, opposing child bride marriages. Yeah, like, does I... everybody oppose this? And she's like, yes, they do. Actually, like, she's having nobody shit. I well, love her. Yeah, I like that. Um, they're obviously all opposed to it from the start. They reiterate that throughout throughout the episode. Maybe that could have been a better plot point. I, I don't know. They're, yeah. I, I don't know. It starts to really grab arms and legs at this point. And I know they've kind of mentioned it throughout, going, oh, that's a shame. She's still yeah. going off to a terrible fate. Oh, that poor girl. <laughs> She's going off to a terrible fate. And then this one, suddenly, when they're talking about it, and they're like, well, have you all got a problem with this? And so um, Barbara's just going, yeah, actually, I speak for all four of us. Yeah. And it's absolutely not on. And you're like, yeah but i guess it's another thing that kind of split that another further thing that makes marco polo mistrust them so like the whole the whole time there's always this push and pull of who can i trust like you know him and ian are always having these conversations of like he's like why can't you tell me more about the ship what you know why do you need to be so secretive and like you know why should i trust you over to ghana like you know he never does quite fully trust them and partly that's because you know they keep trying to steal the tardis but also it's like He's different. They're different from him, and, and they're you know. Yeah, it's, it's flashing up the cultural differences thing again, isn't it? Um, yeah, and they you know they... and obviously like they're you know they're time travelers, and I guess even for them being from the nineteen sixties, they're like, well, hold yeah. up a wee minute. Well, um, um, there are bits where Tagana's Tagana's like they're not like us. They don't understand our ways. They don't yeah you know, and it's just a yeah. further thing that alienates them from Marco Polo mm-hmm. and stops them stops them working together rather than being against each other isn't it yeah it's like seeing barbara when she's sticking to her bloody guns do you know when, like when barbara gets something in her head and she's like it's not right and i'm not having it then she just sticks up for it yeah and she's so articulate like articulate like she yeah, yeah. she knows how to drive her point home i had in this i i guess um i don't know why i thought of it specifically in this episode but i had noted down why don't they just drop marco polo home in the tardis yeah I, yeah which I thought was a plot hole, but then I remembered that the TARDIS is completely unreliable at this stage. Like it, it literally, literally to the point where I think when they're discussing it, they're like, oh yeah, we don't know where it will go. Like, it's like he has zero. It's not, it's not like now where it's like, she's meant to have control over it, but it can go a bit dodgy sometimes. It's like, it literally, they literally do not know where it will go. No. 
No, but then, you know, bearing in mind the backstory is obviously that the doctors nicked it on the run. I'm pretty sure there's, I think someone was telling me, I feel like it might have been Gabriel. Someone was telling me that Barbara and Ian are in a later story. Maybe it's an audio. And they're like, oh, it might, oh, it might be a comic actually. And it was some, and it was sort of related to Keys of Marinus. Um, anyway, and apparently they're, they're talking to like modern companions and they're like, like the doctor can take the TARDIS where they want it to go. And they were like, yeah, like, could you not do that? And they were like, no. <laughs> so um, I can't remember the context of this. I have spoken about it on the podcast before, so I guess maybe maybe someone else can remember. But um, the minute I thought of that potential plot hole, mm-hmm. it was obviously then, I was like, wait, yeah. They they could not guarantee that they would get him home. And I know there was more Wang Lo in this. I think I got a bit lost in it, honestly, all the characters. <laughs> yeah they started well as I say because this is when our, our kind of uh yeah like your rogue trader kind of element comes into it and then he's yeah I wasn't following it very well yeah it, it starts going around in circles I think by the last couple I, like, I was starting to drift I was starting to drift off a little bit like yeah I was starting to lose a bit interest and get a bit itchy for it to be done I was like yeah. do you know what you're yeah. probably right and it's probably partly to do with that cliffhanger and the one before where it's like oh god they were nearly out and now this like yes the whole episode's been like chasing the TARDIS going oh we need that back we need that back we really need that back we need to try and escape and then it was like we've got it back oh no we've not oh we need that back we need to try and escape now now off we go again yeah yeah you just get a bit antsy for it to resolve don't you yeah Um, a little bit I will say though good to meet the emperor and for that other dynamic um oh I love it so much because we really had like grumpy get doctor back for the first bit (gasps) of the not having it and then he just pulled out every whingy old person thing ever like my back sore I'm not doing that I won't kowtow to anybody absolutely not you were like whoa okay but he told Barbara not Barbara he told Susan where to go at one point again as well where he was like oh rubbish child silence be quiet you're like whoa yeah Um, and he is quite fearsome when he snaps I think yeah um and then cut to him suddenly being friends with the emperor and it's like the cutest little temple or old folks home and I haven't decided which and I love it and they're just comparing sorbets and going for baths and like they, oh, oh. they re- literally only get along in the end because they're like hey we're befold like, we're we know what it's and, like. and finding life hard right now yeah it's like it's yep. hard being old right and they're like yeah everything hurts like well I noticed that the doctor said I'm not a doctor of medicine others otherwise I'd be able to cure myself of these pains but a Which lot I- of the other, but a lot of the other doctors do say they're doctors of medicine, but they're also probably bullshitting. Like, like thirteenth doctor is like, yeah, I'm a doctor of medicine, and also like Lego, and you know, blah 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 blah. Yeah, but then bearing in mind how many years are in between then, and how many weird escapades sure. the doctor had, he he seems to randomly just be like inventing cocktails and accidentally for sure royalty and stuff just on his days off. So I mean, he maybe has taken a wee degree between then and now. <laughs> yeah that's probably true so lovely comparing their own but i think as well the fact that they'd built up the emperor all the way through the series like mighty even the the, the episode's called mighty google can and then it's like this wee wizened old guy comes out and you're like and then they're just playing backgammon like little sweethearts yeah it's cool to see stuff like that where you you're looking at this representation of this adaptation of a time that seems so old and inaccessible and it's a bit like oh you, you can you can play backgammon now. People play backgammon. You know, it's kind of cool. It's just that sort of stereotype of, like, doesn't matter where you are, when you are, 
like little old people just like a board game and I sat down <laughs> yeah do you know what I wish that so I guess we're going into into ep- like the final episode for this we are a bit. yeah we are beginning to move towards because again it all starts to overlap a little bit in my head by this point yeah same get on to assassin at peking oh good that's like a pretty good episode name yeah um, I thought the backgammon game, I thought all that could have been made more of, because I loved that. I was like, oh my God, to get the TARDIS yeah. back over a game of backgammon. Like, I was I was so for it. Like, and we didn't even get to see the game. It kind of no. cut that short. Yeah, it cut that short. And then there's the Emperor's Wife as well. Oh, great stuff. But yeah, I quite like, and again, maybe this is one of these things, like, you know, even this early on, that the Doctor seems to be befriending historical characters, because that's run all the way through. Hmm. Um, you know, either just with his little anecdotes that he drops in, you know, like all the stuff with like your your Queen Elizabeth stuff that he's like accidentally married her and yeah, accidentally done this, that and the next thing. And I like that even this far back, he was just sort of befriending terrifying emperors. One of these ones I could still see him like, you know, a doctor now or even seeing like Jodie going, oh yeah, somebody mentions, I don't know, something to do with emperors or Peking or Kubla Khan and I'm going lovely man plays a great game of backgammon yeah, yeah sure it's like oh that would, that's a nice touch you can have yeah. that Russell you can have that <laughs> I couldn't have given less of a shit though about all this other cat like business with the TARDIS and whether it was getting sold and all that I was oh, I just couldn't like I liked I liked when we were at the the palace and we we're doing the backgammon and then it was like Tagana is gonna go forward with the assassination and like all this stuff with Ian and Ping Cho and Ian went out to find Ping Cho and then found her and then they found out about the TARDIS and then they were trying to find out and I was like it did start (laughs) that was just the stuff that I I just started to get a bit restless I was like yeah and then I mean this is the one as well where then after all this when you did start getting a bit more of usefulness out of Ping Cho that you go you know, she's desperate to go home as well. She's another traveller that's found herself in the wrong place, just wants to go home, terrible mm. picture ahead of her. And then you're like, oh, it's fine, fiancé snuffed it. Wait, what? We've never met him. And then it's that way where they go, well, you're free to go home or you can stay here. And all she's wanted the entire time is to go home. And then she's like, I'll stay here. And you're just going, what the fuck? Did somebody have like 10 minutes left before lunch when they wrote this one? Because yeah. you just sort of give up on all the loose ends. Yeah, and... And it's not like Ping Cho's not an interest. Like it's not like she's not interesting either. It's like it's cool that no, she's kind of could have really done quite a lot with her. Like she kind of like it sort of seemed to kind of accept this arranged marriage, and then she bonds with Susan, and then she finds herself, even though, even though it's probably like risky to herself, she helps them secretly. Like secretly, she helps Susan and she helps the team. She goes for her escape and she steals the money and she's off and she's trying to buy her way out on a caravan. Yeah. And, and Ian's and like lying for her to protect her so they have an alliance and she's got a lot of agency in that story considering mm. considering that character's situation robs her mm. of anything of any agency you know it it's it, it was surprising how interesting that could have been and then yeah at the end they kind of just were like oh she's fine <laughs> it's like oh okay yeah it honestly wasn't far off the oh it was all a dream like that yeah. kind of crappy cop-out ending where they just sort of ran out of time. Yeah. We round up the loose ends and yet we'd had so much filler elsewhere. I think they had a nice idea for a character and they didn't know how to involve her in the end of the story, you know? Yeah. But they, um, they 
you just made it that she, I don't know, stood up to it and decided she wasn't going to go with the arranged marriage and she was going to go off adventuring and do something cool. Well, not even that. I just thought, like, why was like, she? Why was she, why was her fate so separate from everything else? Yeah, like she wasn't involved at all in the last kind of confrontation with everyone. It was just like, it was just like a side note of, "Come here, Ping Chou. Hey, your fiance's dead. Do you want to stay here?" And she's like, "Yeah." yeah. And they're like, yeah. "Okay, anyway, moving on." Inconsequential to the roundup of the story, and you're just a bit like, "All right." anything bothered finishing off anything for her no okay yeah but speaking of the actual end of the story the big confrontation between tigana Mm -hmm. and and marco polo he has an amazing line i don't remember what happens marco polo says i underestimated you tigana and tigana says uh, and tigana says maybe you overestimated yourself i was like yes ah let's go fuck tigana that's (laughs) like shots fired that's brutal Also, it's a shame that the sword fight would have been way more exciting if we could have seen it. But well, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you know, my feelings on staged fighting <laughs> in these episodes, anyway, of the, the shuffly feet and the very sort of like placed swords. <laughs> They've yeah. choreographed it very slowly. Oh, um, bless them! Yeah, I, I go back to. The, I feel like I should have like a swear box for every time I start using this, but it's sort of part of the charm. And yeah. I keep saying these old episodes that the fact that there's bits of them are a little bit crap are also a little bit lovable. Yeah, sure. Another wonderful missed opportunity for Ian that it's a crying shame that we didn't see. He mimes how he will jump the guard. <laughs> oh, a tragedy. A tragedy. It's the little Ian going. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. I can't am, believe yeah. we didn't get to see it. Do you know what? I imagine it would look a lot like... Do you remember there was a scene in the Aztecs where he was, like, behind a guard and he was, like, signalling to Barbara, like... I can't remember exactly what he was talking about, but he's, he was basically like, I'm gonna, like, hit him on the head, like, or something, you know? <laughs> it was like, Ian! <laughs> so sly, Ian. Um, yeah. yeah. But I, I think it, it was a pretty, like... I mean, I gotta say, it was a pretty good finale. Like, they fight... <laughs> Back to excitement and you know again thinking about like little kids watching this and it being like it was meant to be a family show little kids and there's a sword fight and you know he disarms him and then he stabs himself he's like nah fuck you marco polo oh, oh man Drama. and then marco polo change your heart hands over the tardis key they all run into the tardis it's pretty good pretty good stuff it's a, it is a good ending and i do always keep going back to like people talking about you know their love affairs with Doctor Who was always like couldn't wait to get back into school on Monday and play it in the playground. Yeah, yeah. And this was definitely one of those endings. Oh, that you yeah. Definitely little kiddies in the playground going, "Yeah, you be Marco Polo and I'll be Tigana," and they've got their little sticks. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, definitely. What What are some of our final thoughts on on Marco Polo then? It's one of these ones again. I'm sure I've said this before, but it's sort of up and down. There's some really cracking moments, and there's. Some of the episodes are more gripping than others. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we've both noticed throughout a lot of the classic episodes, there's some filler and some killer. <laughs> um, <laughs> like sword fights, great. You know, some really good kind of intense conversations about who to trust, who to not trust. Um, some great kind of sassy one-liners. 
at this stage, I guess we're still working on character development for these characters. So we're still getting to know them, mm-hmm. which is maybe tricky to do when we're doing this out of sequence. We've almost backtracked a little bit. Yeah, because that is part of it, definitely, at this stage. Yeah, because everything's better with hindsight, you know, that we're going, you know, at this point, they would never have known how long this show was going to drag on for. Um, How literally people would take every word out of them. But I think, yeah, for for an episode, it's a good mid-grounder. I think it was the first sort of historical episode. And considering, you know, the format we've watched it in, we probably haven't been able to appreciate it in its full glory. (laughs) The format we have watched it in has definitely given us some other unintentional glory. Yeah. And also, um, I think, is a good way of making... I think we would find the racism in it far more uncomfortable if we could see if we had a visual. Yeah. But, you know, the 60s, it's not right, it's not good, but you do have to remember that when this was made in the early 60s, there was a hell of a lot of terrible racial stereotyping on television. Yeah. Not a lot of good casting, and... Oh, it wasn't well, specific to Doctor Who, I mean, was it? No. No, no, that's what I mean. Like in, in you know, the general spectrum of telly, and I'm not excusing it in the slightest, but I guess what I'm saying is that you have to go into these programs being aware that it's still there. We need to be better than that now. <laughs> and you can yeah. take it with a pinch of salt and you can laugh at it for what it is and that it's really fucking silly. And yeah. it's really acting it's reassuring um, it's it's reassuring that it seems so silly now isn't it like that you're like that's yeah, I mean, obviously not acceptable <laughs> yeah it's one of these things like we're laughing at it because wang cho is so catastrophically bad in this but you know you don't want to be we're not going to be that podcast that are laughing at racism but well but, like you know it, yeah it's it also it's easier it's for us because it's not us that are the victims of, of the stereotype, no, you know, it's not. not, it's not like we're going to watch it and be like, you know, yeah, if, it's, if you, especially if it is uncomfortable viewing in places. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I, I did enjoy it. I almost wish I had watched it in the order that it's meant to be watched. Listen, I, I know I'm no regrets <laughs> because, you know, we were just starting, we were just starting the podcast and it was like, I just wanted to keep kind of moving through them. I think if it had been the first historical I'd watched, I would have like I would have taken to it a bit more. But I've already watched the Aztecs, and the Aztecs is so much better. No, there. Yeah, I'm. I'm the same. I enjoyed the same things as you. I loved all the kind of. I liked how Marco Polo was a character that you know he had a lot of nuance that you you did sympathize with them and you did you you did feel like he was the goodie, but also he was kind of adversarial to the team most of the time and working against you know he was an obstacle to them for most of the story yeah that's interesting to watch you know that's good and even Tagana wasn't really straightforward like Tagana was always like always man he was like Iago wasn't he he was he was really slippery and he was an ally with Marco Polo but he was a baddie and you know there was stuff to enjoy in there Mm -hmm. I liked the different format that that it was a big sprawling story and that the little map and the narrator that was all quite fun and new mm-hmm. so yeah there's lots to love it was a good experience to do the missing episodes and i know a bit more what to expect now but it's it's not one i would put people it's not one i would like recommend to people because i really do feel like i would lump marco polo and the aztecs together and i would say the aztecs is just miles better so yeah but it, it's funny because this is being as early as it is it's maybe like a sort of stepping stone that like okay well we we tested the water 
the historical with water. Yeah. By the time we got as far as the Aztecs, we'd kind of tweaked it a little bit. Yeah, sure. I don't know if I'd be interested to see other missing episodes, but I, I can't imagine me being like recommending this one to someone. I wouldn't be like, oh, you have to watch Marco Polo. Jumping in. Yeah. yeah. But it's fun. It's yeah, it was good. It was a good well, time. I would say like, I wouldn't I wouldn't put people off if they were wanting to like binge the whole thing, like I want to soak up all the Doctor Who. What I would say is don't don't miss out the missing episodes. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. It's it's worth a watch. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And you and, are going for the full experience. Yeah, and especially all the you stuff you were saying like, about the Doctor's and... character as well. Like that you, you do get a lot of character stuff from the Doctor. Like it is useful in terms of initially getting to know these characters in this first season like it is valuable in that way yeah well it will put you off susan for life uh yeah it's maybe not but it's, it's just my bonnet food. i'm sorry susan i don't hate you all the time but this episode it's, it's mad how unflattering they make susan for so much of i don't know what they thought they were doing you know like what what was their their goal here like what were they trying to make her sympathetic or I just don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't yeah. get what they were going for. Like, but yeah, yeah, I would say I would say go back and watch them. I even I have to say, and I know they're just stills and they have been recolored and stuff, kind of post. But do you not think that the sets and the costumes look pretty good? Oh, I know I slagged off the caves a little bit for being a little bit boxy, but from the the shots of the the sort of Chinese marketplaces and the various bits of temple the sets look pretty impressive oh yeah and lots of extras like you know the bit where um... maybe they wobbled in you know when there was actual actors moving about in them but from the stills i think considering like as you say it was made very budget very early on for a series and at a time when the bbc had no money yeah i think it looks incredible even like ping cho's story and stuff there's loads of there's like big big sets of well big looking sets with lots of actors i mean obviously we're seeing all this with the still maybe this is another way in which Ah, i'm definitely taking this from the images because as i say when the characters are moving about in them they might all have wobbled and bits were falling off and it might have looked like egg boxes maybe this is another way in which the the fact that they're missing kind of works for the episode yeah yeah but it certainly looked impressive yeah it's more flattering for the episode it makes you less aware of the racism and less aware less aware of the uh maybe the dodgy um dodgy Mm -hmm. sets yeah because the still because in a lot of the stills you you do get a long look and you're like oh that looks lovely that's so wonderfully painted and oh look at that costume and I, it is worth I, 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 maybe it's worth mentioning as well there is one one asian actress in this um who is the i can't remember her name the, the actor who plays um ping Cho, uh she's from burma i think they really wanted that actor to do it as well and they and they really wanted they really wanted an asian actor to do it it's hard to see kind of where they were coming from at the time of it was i think i presume they just thought they wouldn't get in, this is, I guess, before the age of quite active diversity, like really, really, really trying to diversify film. Yeah. Um, as opposed to back in the 60s, they were probably like, it's so strange that we can't get hold of any Asian actors. And it's like, well, they're probably not working hard enough. <laughs> but um, but uh, for whatever reason, they were like, hey, we want... This is, this is, I guess, like 
it's got me thinking again about Ping Zhu's character because it seems like they really wanted an Asian actress for it, and they and they, it seems like they sought out um, this woman from Burma. Like from what I was reading about it, it was like they wanted her to do it, you know. So they obviously were invested in this character, and they really tried to integrate her into a lot of the episodes. But then it just at the end, it just seems so rushed. It's, it's so strange. Anyway, I went just down a yeah, little Ping Zhu just like take Anna's played by a bloke called Darren. <laughs> it's really depressing. And Kubla Khan's name was Martin. Oh my god, that's great. Who's the actor who played Wang Lo's name? There's a point. Hold on. He's not that high up in the cast list. Can I put it that way? Right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Wang Lo. Oh, he's Australian. Gabor Baraka. Baraka. Oh. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So he was originally Hungarian, survived the Holocaust. Oh my God. Came to Australia in 1950. Couldn't speak English at that point. Listen, um, <laughs> I feel bad. I feel. I'll say. I'll. I'll be honest. I feel bad for Gabor. And uh, and uh, listen, he's obviously. No, it still he's, doesn't excuse that fucking accent. Still sorry, excuse but... it. Listen, it's like you've obviously had a very interesting and honestly quite a trying life, fraught with challenge at the challenges that you've overcome and. Gabor. Have we done the crusade yet? He's also in the crusade. Oh, is he? Is he the same character? Bear fucking no be Jesus wept. Oh my god. No, I've not done the crusade. That'll be the so I'm doing Reign of Terror next. And then I'm doing I guess the next missing one is the because the crusade. <laughs> I don't want to give you any spoilers, but his character name in the crusade is Luigi, so you know you're up the shitter with <laughs> Oh no. He's Luigi Ferrigo. Oh. <laughs> oh, good lord. Jesus Christ. Good okay, lord. well, I can't wait. Yeah, Reign of <laughs> the Crusade is the only missing one in series two, I think. So, <laughs> why is all his stuff gone missing? It's gold. <laughs> you know what's so funny? He'll be one of these people that people are like, oh, he's really good at accents. <laughs> We'll get him in for this. Yeah, because he can do all of them at the same time, apparently. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Hell, Luigi, give me a break. Okay. I don't I don't mean to be unkind, but just looking, and I don't know much about the story of the Crusade other than it's sort of Richard the Lionheart-esque, I think. But there's an awful lot of foreign names with white people actors. <laughs> Again. Oh, I think these missing ones went missing on purpose. <laughs> Right, I smell a rat. Like it's a Turkish bandit played by a David. No. There's a lady called Hafsa played by a Diana McKenzie. Fatima is played by Vivian. No, no. Oh, me. This is Maymuna, who is played by Sandra. Well, the crusade will be my crusade. Plenty of missing episodes fun to come. Um, oh, plenty to go. You've got all this to look forward to. Yeah. Well, I want to kind of plug next week because next week I'm continuing with missing episodes. And ne- why am I saying next week? Next episode. Next episode. So I'm going to continue on to the Reign of Terror, which is the original finale for series one, which makes more sense than the censorites because. Um, it's glorious in its own way but (laughs) it is glorious and I do love it dearly 
Um, but it's <laughs> not a finale. So it'll be, yeah, that'll be cool. And I'm doing that with Matt from Neither the Time Nor the Space, which will be really cool. So um, lots to look forward to. Oh, what? I know what was the crowbar in. Do you want to say it now and I'll try and... Can I throw it in? Okay, yeah. Right. So one more who and now thing. I do. I have one little extra only because it cropped up right as I was logging on to record with you. We may or may not have gone slightly mental on Twitter with the announcement that the Doctor Who Worlds exhibition is coming to Edinburgh uh, this Christmas in a couple of weeks. Um, And we're very excited. Literally like wedged the week between your birthday and my birthday, like a massive gift has arrived for us, um, which is coming to our museum and in, in, here in Edinburgh. And yeah, which was already a treat to go and see. And it, I think it's explaining the science around Doctor Who as well. Just as we were logging on, the actual BBC Doctor Who socials announced it um, and did a little plug for it going, you know, tickets are going on sale soon. And one of the comments underneath was from Shooty himself. Um, who seems to have a bit of a love affair for Edinburgh, which is my highlight of the week, where they had posted saying, ready for the TARDIS to land in Edinburgh, learn how science meets fiction in the Doctor Who Worlds of Wonder exhibition, opening at the National Museum of Scotland, blah, blah, blah. And then one of the comments underneath from actual Shooty Gatwa going, the TARDIS in Edinburgh, be still my beating heart. Oh, what's your heart? At point, I blew up because... Please come to Edinburgh. <laughs> oh, that'd be brilliant, yeah. If he rolls up, I'll die. I mean, if Shooty's there, be so my beating heart. I'll be so Exactly. Dead. Exactly. Incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that that's my excitement. I just I wanted just, to throw that in. If you needed, like, a really current who and now from, like, yeah. hot off the press. Hot off the press. Incredible. Oh. Just to go back to Shooty, just dead excited about it. He just seems to have a lot of energy and zeal. I'm, I'm going to start tagging them in everything we post. Like, hi, can I be your friend? Yeah. Will you Thanks just wait while I just connect my mic to Zoom? It's... <laughs> well, we've got 40 minutes, darling. Wrap up. It's an ongoing pro- Sorry, Shuti, I'm not paying for premium. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing that down. Right. I might I might pay for premium to speak Sorry, to Matt. Shuti, <laughs> Let alone Matt. Let alone Shooty. I'm gonna. I might. I might pay for premium to speak to Matt from the other time in other space. Oh, well, but I'm not worth the subscription. Listen, I didn't know. I didn't know it did. Run your own damn socials. I didn't know. I didn't know it did this. I never used to. Um. So now that I've done my little plug, yeah. Before we go, do you wanna? Do you wanna plug anything, Cassie? No. I mean, obviously, our own socials. Yeah, are the usual for those of you that don't follow us. If we do have any new people, um, on Twitter we are my adventure in space and time, but our little hashtag is at my adventure pod, which is also the same for Instagram, and we're also on Facebook. Um, yeah, it's mostly yeah. me that waffles on there because I like posting pictures and stuff. So yeah, if you want to keep in the loop, that's where you'll find us. Mm. And if you want, um, if you want to hear more from Caroline, you can you can listen to her episode with Who Can Convince You as well, um, where they did what was it the, the Macro Terror is that what it's called the Patrick Vincent and the Doctor Vincent and, and the Doctor the um the animated uh, Macro Terror yeah so you can catch it there as well you can go back and listen to that but otherwise that's us for this time next time will be Reign of Terror we've been sh- we're back baby. We've been Shona. <laughs> we are back. 
for reals. Uh, we've been Shona and Caroline, and this has been my adventure in space and time. Bye! My Adventure in Space and Time is hosted and produced by Shona Stevenson, with music by Shona Stevenson and artwork by Robbie Stevenson. Special thanks to Caroline Donald for all her support and to anyone listening. You can hear more on the website at myadventureinspace.wixsite.com podcast or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Please join the conversation on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram at myadventurepod. Thanks for coming along on the adventure. Before I go, I just want to tell you, you were fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Fantastic.